Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. The Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. What am I about? And and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. We're going to be selective in free agency, and we're going to connect evaluation with valuation. We're going to have a a relentless approach to fix our weakness. We're going to maintain great self-awareness of who we are. We're going to solve problems with open communication and candor. And we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. All right, welcome into the show. There's Ryan Poles, New Bears GM. That should set the tone for us, Alyssa, and... I hope you're well. It's been way too long. It's been a while for us here on the podcast. And most of all, I hope you're ready for the Matt and Ryan show round two. Are you ready for this? Oh, my gosh. I had a feeling because last time we recorded this and like, you know, some of the candidates were coming out. I'm like, I'm like, I'm watching that. Watch it be Ryan Bowles and Matt Eberflus because there'd be another Matt and Ryan 2.0. And here we are. But at the same time, it's obvious that they're not the former so, I mean, we have a lot to talk about, Ryan, because it, it's just been like a whirlwind. I feel like I haven't left my computer for the last two weeks. You haven't, no. Or, or whatnot. Work. It's just been crazy. <laughs> no, it's the Matt and Ryan show. So I'm going to refer to them as Matt and Ryan throughout the year. It's going to be fun. Um, that's what we're going to do. And yes, you haven't left your computer. And actually, I want to read um, a passage from the Bears Wire just to get us launched in here to this conversation about the new GM, the new head coach, because this is just so well written. And, and I think it captures it so well. So here's Alyssa on Bears Wire. Quote, Aside from the obvious fact that they share first names with the previous regime, it was apparent that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are not like their predecessors. Whether it was Poles' ability to answer a question directly or Eberflus's obvious command of a room, Bears fans breathed a sigh of relief as it felt like the adults finally entered the room. So, Alyssa, tell me how you really feel about these two. <laughs> well, I mean, that was it, awesome. it felt really, it felt really different. Like, I know it's a press conference, and you can't, like, I mean, you can win a press conference, but it really doesn't mean anything in the long run. But like, when you compare, like, what we've been listening to with Nagy and um, Pace, I mean, Pace only appeared like once or twice a year when he was mandated to, so we didn't really see him that much. But like, when you can kind of compare the two different regimes, it's it was night and day. I was like, oh man, like, I mean, you actually asked the GM a question, and he actually answered it like directly and didn't try to skirt around it. And Matt Nagy, you know, just would, you know how he had that ability, Ryan, to just talk and talk and talk and never Way actually too much answer talking. a question. Way too much talking. Way too much question. Like Eberflus, like, I mean, I felt that, 
you know, because you know the McCaskies, they wanted a leader in place. I know that Poles wanted that as well. Someone that's going to command an entire locker room because, you know, you're not being hired to be the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. You're hired to be the head coach of an entire football team. And that's something that was very apparent with Eberflus. That's something that, you know, a lot of people have been saying about him. His strengths were, you know, his ability to be a leader and to command that room. And you felt that even in a press conference and it just felt like the grownups were there. <laughs> you know, it was I love just, it. Like it felt, even though, you know, Poles is about the, is 36 years old and he was the same age as when Brian Pace was hired. Poles had a little different, uh, something about him. We were talking about, it. I know we're going to get into it, Ryan, about how just he seems to be changing things already. So early on into this, and it was just really refreshing and a breath of, you know, it was a breath of fresh air. Obviously we'll see how this, you know, what happens because of it. It's not going to be smooth sailing the entire time. It never is in the NFL because, you know, it's going to be ups and downs everywhere. And we'll, we'll see if the head coach and GM, you know, continue to, if, if you know, if they get a little you know, salty with the media. But, I mean, it was just nice to kind of see the way that they approached this. It was different. Nice change of direction. So, I mean, I'll say I guess they won the press conference. I mean, hopefully they win games. That's what I'm looking for, yeah. though. We're one and oh. They won the press conference. I like it. One and Good start for Matt and Ryan. Um, okay, so I want to start. Let's start with Ryan Poles a little bit. I want to talk about Ryan Poles. Um, and I just want to be very forthcoming and, and just put this out there. I can't tell you the difference between Ryan Poles and Champ Kelly. You know, who was the better candidate? Or Dave Ziegler, who just landed with the Vegas uh, Raiders. Or Joe Shane, who landed with the Giants, right? I can't. I can't really tell you who's the better behind the scenes executive. Like I can the players that we watch every single week, right? I just, I'm not smart enough, Alyssa. I don't have that much time to do all that research on all these executives. I have no idea. So coming in, I was kind of blind about Ryan Pohl. So I'm like, but I've liked him. And I want to talk about why I already love him. And I'm already so fired up. And I'm a Ryan Pohl's fan. And first of all is that they were already down to three finalists for the head coach when he was hired, right? That's a topic for a whole nother podcast, probably. That they already had the finalists for head coach picked. But Ryan Poles comes in and he says, I want to hire the guy. I want to interview these finalists and I want to hire him. And he's granted that um, by the hiring committee. And when it comes down to it, Bill Polian and George McCaskey, they want Jim Caldwell, right, Alyssa? Ted Phillips, he wants Dan Quinn. And the fact that Ryan Poles hires... Literally, you know, after he's hired, he, a couple days later, he literally says, no, it's going to be Eberflus. I was like, I love this guy. That's, that is tremendous. The fact that he said, I don't care who McCaskey and Phillips want. I want my guy. Like, that is, he immediately endeared himself to me. I, I just think home run with Ryan Poles right there. I, I'm all fully on board after he picked the guy that they didn't want. Yeah, it was completely different. Like, you can already tell he's different than, than Pace. You know, Pace was a yes man. You know, he was willing to do. When you go back to when Pace was hired, basically John Fox was forced on him. You know, like they were kind of like, you know, these three candidates or, you know, the certain ones like Caldwell or Quinn were being pushed on polls. And the difference is polls is like, no, if yeah. uh, if you're going to hire me as the GM, then this is my show. Definitely. Like, because yep. whether, I'm, whether I'm fired or retained depends on the success of this team. And that's obviously going to start with the head coach and the roster, which we'll get into. But, you know, so I liked it immediately, even before he has the job. He's like, these are my terms if you want me here. And clearly, you know, George McCaskey personally went to the airport and picked him up at baggage claim. That was the craziest thing I've ever That was ever a cool seen. detail. Very cool detail. That was really cool. Like, I mean, have you ever heard of, like, an owner doing no. that before? S- standing in baggage claim? No. Yeah, and, like, actually helping him with his bags and, you know, driving him, you know, back to Hallis Hall and having that time for one-on-one. That's how you knew that, oh, yeah, that's their guy. And, and it's really impressive because, you know, you saw polls. He's only interviewed for four GM jobs. 
And he was a finalist for all of them, three this year and the one last year with Carolina. So, I mean, it, it was pretty impressive. You know, the Giants obviously went with Joe Shane and, you know, Poles was getting ready to go interview with the Vikings and the Bears are like, uh-uh, you're not going to steal him from us. So they signed him right then and there. So, I mean, just I like what I see from him so far. Like, you can kind of see why the Bears felt that strongly about him in his press conference and hearing things that he did, you know, be, wanting to be in charge of this and make immediate changes, like whether it was, I'm hiring the head coach, I want to bring in an assistant GM the first time that's ever happened in this Big one. franchise's yep. history. He yep. wants a clear right-hand man. He wants, and he, and not to mention he, Ian Cunningham, he has a lot of experience, a lot of different experience that he can also bring to the table. So the two of them, I mean, that's just really incredible. All that experience they have to kind of go between. And he knows Ryan Poles having, you know, survived three different GM regimes in Kansas city, a very successful organization and him kind of seeing how they handled that and all the different responsibilities that go into being a GM and how it can get overwhelming. He's like, no, I need to do this for me. I want to make sure that the franchise is in good hands. So, I mean, I just, like you said, I love what I'm seeing from Poles so far. Obviously we'll see he's only been GM for like what a week. So, I mean, the real work is going to happen here with free agency and the draft and building the roster and addressing a lot of these big roster holes. But I mean, really good, strong first impression for my poll is definitely positive. Yeah, there, we could turn on him. You know, the, we always leave that. Yeah. You know, that could always happen. <laughs> But right now, right now, there's a lot of a lot of things to love about Ryan Poles, and and I think it's just like in the little details. And I noticed in the presser that it was Poles, not McCaskey, Alyssa, that introduced Eberflus as a head coach. He wanted he made sure it was him who introduced Eberflus to the media and the fans. So I thought that was kind of cool. You mentioned Ian Cunningham, uh, the first assistant GM for the Bears, and. They're both former offensive linemen, so we know the offensive line is never going to suck, and that's a good thing for Justin Fields, right? Right? Like that's yeah. that's huge. So those little details, the the clip we heard, right? We're going to take the North and never give it back. Super corny, but so awesome. We'll be referring back to that moment for years to come. I'm sure that that thing's never going to die. They'll be that'll be written on signs in the crowd for for you know for years to come. It was awesome. What a line. And you know, speaking of Fields, right? Ted Phillips was not at this presser, Alyssa, but Justin Fields was, and he took questions on the season that just happened in the new regime. And one thing with pressers is like at their core, they're a chance for the leaders of the organization to indirectly address the fan base, right? That's like the sole purpose of a press conference. I've always believed that it's not because they don't do these because it's fun to talk to the media, right? It's, it's because the media is the vehicle and you guys are writing to bring information from the franchise to the fans. And for the Bears to make sure they're including fields with the absolute leaders of the franchise, we're talking owner, GM, head coach, fields. That scene was very telling, wasn't it? It's, it's, a, it's unusual to see the quarterback there when they're introducing a new head coach and GM and fields is there fielding questions. I thought that was telling. Yeah, that was very significant. Like from the moment, it was just George McCaskey up there at the beginning you know, introducing polls like that. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, can, we fast, can we fast forward Ted this? Phillips. Can we fast forward? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where was Ted? <laughs> he was just sitting on the sideline, which is nice because, I mean, for so long, it feels like McCaskey's kind of been like hiding, trying to hide in the shadows, which, I mean, you can't do that. You're the owner. Like, I mean, you have to be out there and willing to take the questions on your own like a big boy. And, you know, George actually did that in this press conference. So it was, it was nice. Like those are the two things I really, I noticed immediately Ted Phillips was not there. And then later on, I think after the press conference, they're like, okay, we're going to have Justin Fields. I'm like, whoa. And that was a big change because, you know, like Adam Johns from The Athletic noted, 
you know, Mitch Trubisky wasn't there in 2018 when Matt Nagy was introduced, and Jay Cutler wasn't there in 2015 when you had Pace and John Fox. So, I mean, like, it was really significant because, like you said, having those leaders in place, basically you have the most important people in the organization there in Eberflus, Poles, and Fields out there, right? And obviously, Cassidy is the owner, but, you know, it just really felt significant because one of the things that people are talking about, you know, with Eberflus and Poles didn't mention Fields a lot, even when they were directly asked. You could tell the media was trying to get something because obviously that's what fans want to know. That's what everyone wants to know because Justin Fields is going to dictate what this franchise does, no doubt. you know, for the next several years, whether they're going to be Super Bowl contenders or not. And so the, the, obviously he's the most important player on this team right now. So they want to kind of get a glimpse or, you know, get a sense of how do these, you know, people feel about fields, which obviously I don't think they take the job, have taken the job if they didn't think they could win with him or that he was, the leader and the future of this team. So, I mean, it was just hearing Fields up there and, you know, seeing him actually not only just being there at the press conference, but actually answering questions and kind of speaking on behalf of the rest of, you know, the existing team. It just, like you said, it felt really significant and it really showed just how important Fields is to this franchise. I mean, even though Eber Flutes and Poles didn't talk a lot about Fields, I just think that's because, they really haven't had a chance to sit down and, you know, evaluate him or evaluate this current roster. You know, I'm sure, you know, obviously they've done some evaluation, but they really want to sit there and kind of get the full picture before they're actually saying anything. So I understand that. But, you know, just look at the fact that Fields was there. That says all you need to know. Yeah, it was a cool scene. And I mean, Bears fans want to change, right, Alyssa? That was the big demand. I mean, we now have a GM who is not a yes man. He's proven that to us in a week's time. We have a head coach that is not an offensive dude. He's a defensive dude. And we're going to talk about him coming up. And we also have new coordinators, right? So there's been a lot of change, a lot of change with the Bears. Um, How do we feel about Matt Eberflus? Let's get into that right after this. All right, Alyssa, on the new head coach, you know know I love this. So, So here's my number one reason why I love this head coach after just meeting him during this presser. Um, Eberflus tells us, He's not going to be the defensive play caller because it's more important for the head coach to focus on the entire team rather than with just one side of the ball. It's like, oh, my God, swoon, right? It's like swoon. Like, okay, Poles won me over by taking control of the head coach hire uh, and picking his own guy, and now Eberflus has has me swooning with this. The anti-Matt Nagy control freak stuff, right? I wanted a head coach. I think we both wanted one, right? We talked about this. I wanted a coach who was going to be global. I want him paying attention to all three phases. I want him watching the clock. I want him working the refs. I want him knowing everything that's going on, the whole nine yards. That's what I wanted. I think the Bears needed that. And another side of this is like these play calling head coaches are so hot right now, right? Like Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to be watching Sean McVay and Zach Taylor with their stupid play sheets over their face for four hours during that game. It's going to be exhausting. (laughs) McVay and Taylor with their stupid play sheets. And go down the list. Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, uh, some of the new head coaches that were just hired, Nathaniel Hackett out in Denver. He's said he's going to call his own plays. Josh McDaniels, he heads to the to Vegas. He's definitely going to call his own plays. The fact that Eberflus came out and said, no, I'm not calling the freaking defensive plays. I'm going to run the team. I'm going to be the head coach. It's just like, oh, thank God. So Bears fans, you want to change? There's like a significant change, right? This is the anti-Matt Nagy approach. I freaking love it. And you know, you know I love that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that was uh, like what he said, I'm not going to be calling plays. And he was explaining how, 
you know, you can't be an efficient head coach if you're not focusing on the whole team and you're just focusing on one thing specifically. I was like, hallelujah. I started kissing I like, my laptop. Yeah. It was I was like, oh my good. God, did that, did that, did I just hear that come out of our head coach's so mouth, good. which is just insane because that's the one thing Matt Nagy would never, he was just, he was so possessive and obsessed <laughs> with calling plays. Like it was like a part of him, which I mean, cool. Then go be an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. Like, I mean, I get like when you look at obviously, you know, our Super Bowl finalists and even like the the conference championship, right? When you look at those four teams and, you know, you have offensive play callers, but at the same time, what do all four of those teams also have? They have the quarterback, right? They have the quarterback. So I'm not as concerned about having an offensive minded head coach if your head coach can put the right person in place in your offensive coordinator to get the quarterback up to par. Right. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are, you know, you look at Luke Getzey, who's the offensive coordinator coming from green Bay, obviously a team that's had a lot of success, but he also had the quarterback too, and Aaron Rodgers, Right. So, you know, it's really too, it's hard to kind of gauge exactly how much was Getzey and how much was Rodgers. Sure, but, you know, Rogers is like the alpha male, right. He's like, exactly. he's overtakes everything over there. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we'll see, but from, you know, things that, you know, I've heard and what everyone's saying about him and obviously, you know, Eberflus is the one that made the call and he was, he's known it for a while and he kind of didn't even hesitate to pull the trigger. He, like, he had the offer. It was his job. If Getsy wanted, it was his, no one else. He even interviewed Pat Hamilton, who I would have also loved, but you know, it was Getsy's job from the get go. So, I mean, I, you look at the quarterback. So like people are, you know, worried, Hey, you know, and this is obviously with a defensive minded head coach going to be the biggest concern is, you know, you could all obviously lose your offensive coordinator to a head coach job. You know, but at, at the same time, if that's happening, then Justin Fields is a star, right? Like, and he's found success. So it's not a, it's not too much of a concern, but you also want to get a quarterback coach in place. That's going to be able to kind of just come right on up. Like Ken Dorsey's doing in Buffalo with Brian Dable going to New York. So I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not too concerned about the whole defensive minded head coach thing so much because if you got the right offensive coordinator in place and you have the quarterback in place, which is something the Bears haven't really ever had, um, at least since, you know, decades, decades ago. Uh, so, so, I mean, as long as that's in place, I think that things will be fine. And because you can also look at, you know, the Chargers, you know, and you have a defensive minded head coach in Brandon Staley, but you have the quarterback in Justin Herbert. So, I mean, like, it, it doesn't really matter who your head coach is as long as you got the right quarterback in place and the right offensive coordinator. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about the uh, the coordinators, Luke Getze here, Alan Williams. He's going to coach the defense or coordinate the defense, I should say, coming up. I, I wasn't sure. I thought it was illegal for coaches to go from Green Bay to Chicago, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> so that, it's good to know that that pipeline is actually that that actually can happen. Um, Do you want to know what's worse? What's that? So Dick Buckus's nephew is actually a coach in Green Bay, and I don't know how the hell that happened. <laughs> well, all I can tell you is the Dick Buckus uh, Twitter account is gold. Is is absolute gold. It's my favorite gold. thing. It's the best thing in the world. Uh, even Packers fans like it. It's just tremendous. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm interviewing him. I'm interviewing him again next week during the Super Bowl, oh. and I'm gonna. I gotta ask about the Twitter account. I'm like, I gotta Please. know. Please, I can't wait for <laughs> that. Get him, get, have him come on the show. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Oh my god. Oh my god. Rip the Packers. Um, <laughs> All right, so another reason why I love Eberflus and this hire is because of his defense in Indy, Alyssa, right? The yeah. number one most important thing in football, and he said this during the presser, is the ball, right? You Possessing the ball and taking the ball away. And the Colts did that as well as any team in football last year. They shared the league lead with a plus 14 turnover differential. They would have led the league if not for Dallas and, and all the turnovers they were able to accumulate with Trayvon Diggs just going off all year. Um, 
But the Colts did that by taking the ball away 33 times. 19 interceptions, 14 fumble recoveries. I mean, if you saw any Colts games last year, I mean, that defense flew around, tipped passes, made crazy interceptions, and they were among the very best in football, like not only getting to the ball, but punching it out, forcing fumbles. Uh, the Bears, do you remember what they had for a turnover differential, Alyssa, off the top of your head? It was it was like in the negative, like nine, ten-ish, yeah. like among the bottom of the Minus list of 13. Minus oh, 13. Oh, worse than I thought. That ranked 28th out of the 32 <laughs> teams. They took the ball away 16 oh. times. Eight picks, eight fumble Ooh. recoveries. So the Colts took it away 33 times. The Bears, 16. So uh, you do the math there. Um, you know, so give me give me a more disciplined football team that possesses the ball on offense and give me a defense that takes it away more and like we're in business, right? So I, I will say this Eberflus, his defense with the Colts, that was a nasty, aggressive ball hawking defense. And if you can bring some of that uh to a Bears team that already has some pieces, I think that's a reason to like to hire as well. Yeah, I really like it. It's very reminiscent of like the Lovey Smith era, like where you have that dominant defense that's, you know, gonna knock it's gonna limit teams and then hopefully your offense can do enough to put points on the board, which hey, it worked in two thousand six and they got to the Super Bowl, so hey, you never know. Um, but like you said, that defense, you look at the pieces that they have in place over there and like you you know, like like Darius Leonard, and then you look over here and you have Roquan Smith, like it's just like really ex- exciting to kind of think of you have a lot of pieces in place. You have Khalil Mack coming back and Robert Quinn, and you got Jalen Johnson. I think this is going to be really good for someone like Eddie Jackson, too, especially with yeah. – I know we're going to get into the coordinators. With Alan Williams, he's someone that's worked primarily with defensive backs and safeties. So you, know, you kind of look at just Eberflus as a whole, like the kind of the people he's bringing in and his defensive background and all of the experience that's going to be here. Like, it's going to be huge for this. And like you mentioned, the takeaways, that was, I mean, that's been an emphasis because when the Bears defense under Vic Fangio in 2018, when they were the best defense in the league, a big part of that was the takeaways. They were the best team in taking the football away. And I, I like what, you know, going back to what Eberflus said about, you know, protecting the football and taking it away. Like that's, you know, the whole team philosophy too. So you have to obviously, you know, the, the turnover de- differential, uh, you look at the offense, they turned it over a lot last year too. So, I mean, the defense didn't take it away as often as it should have, but the offense turned it over way too much as well. So I really like that overall philosophy of really holding both sides of the ball accountable uh, for that. But taking away the football, I mean, with Sean Desai, you know, he did, I love Sean Desai. He was, he was great. And it's sad to see him go, but I think I'm, I'm happy with what we have coming in. You know, the big emphasis was taking the football away. And in the beginning of the season before injuries and, you know, you had to go to practice squad players in the secondary, you know, like uh, he, he did a lot with very little. So, I mean, I, I, you know, going back to Eberflus, you know, I really I'm curious to see what this defense looks like. Obviously, they're going to be shifting from a base three, four to a four, three. Uh, and Eberflus has been a part of that three other times he mentioned during his press conference and making that switch. So I'm not really too concerned about the new scheme because especially because you're going to be in a lot of you know nickel for most of 70 percent of the time so it's not really going to matter but you look at someone like Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn who they already used to have in their hand in the dirt there at defensive end so I mean I'm excited about what Eberflus is going to bring as a defensive guy I mean I know he's not going to be calling plays but he's going to be a big part in coordinating that defense no doubt about it and you know having Alan Williams as a defensive coordinator he was the cold safeties coach so there's uh you know there's some consistency there um but, you know, one of the big reasons why we like this hire is because Eberflus is the anti-Matt Nagy. He's a defensive guy, <laughs> and he seemed way more excited to talk about defense during his presser, Alyssa. He was throwing this hits acronym at us, 
the hits acronym, right? Um, <laughs> he was all about talking about that. But, you know, the huge problem with this team is we got to fix the offense. We got to stop turning the ball over. We got to score points. We got to be more consistent with our play calling and all that. We got to, you know, build this offense around Justin Fields. I loved that the first question he got was about that, right? The first question he got was, what's the offensive philosophy? I think Justin Fields' name was in that question. But he still kind of gave a roundabout answer. I don't think Bears fans were, were super satisfied with what he said. He just kept going back to, oh, we want that hustle. We want that intensity. We want that explosiveness. These guys better bring their track shoes to practice. You know what I mean? Like He kept doing that thing, but it's like, all right, you didn't really give us there uh, much there, Matt. Like, how are you going to fix the offense? What's the plan here? Uh, so he kind of gave us a lot of those buzzwords and not a lot of like concrete, like philosophical stuff about the offense. And I know fans were, if there was any knock on him, if fans are wary about him, it might be that thing, right? It's like, all right, we got the defensive-minded head coach. Great. But our offense was a big problem last year, and we need our offense to be better. Yeah, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that the coaching, the whole coaching staff isn't in place because when you kind of talk about the offensive philosophy, I mean, Eberflus, he is not going to be the offensive coordinator. So that's more of a question for Luke Getze and Getze hasn't been made uh, available to the media yet. And he still has to, you know, we had to hire the rest of the offensive coaching staff. So, I mean, I think that he would want to wait to answer that question until he has the opportunity to sit down in a room with Luke Getze and Justin Fields, because Fields should be a part of that process. Is it, because they're going to build this offense around him, so he should be part of that, right? Uh, and then the quarterback's coaching, like getting everyone in place. So like, I understand why he was kind of, you know, he kind of talked around that that question, which I understand, because uh, they haven't really had a chance to sit down and discuss it yet. So maybe when he's asked that question, maybe like at the scouting combine would probably be the next time that you know, the media gets to talk to him. Uh, that's something, you know, that probably could be asked at that point. So, I mean, I'm not really too concerned about that. This was, you know, he was just hired a few days before, so he really hasn't had an opportunity to really kind of sit down and, you know, just kind of, you know, hash everything out. So, I mean, defensive-minded head coach, you know, hey, it really does feel like a pattern if you kind of look at the last head coaches the Bears have had. Like it, it always it switches off from defense, offense, defense, offense, and we're back at defense now with Eberflus. So, <laughs> I mean, it's going to stick eventually. Head coaches, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it does. But you want the last, you know, head coach to really have success was Lovey Smith. He was a defensive-minded head coach. So I don't know. Maybe maybe things will work out. But again, it all hinges on Justin Fields. I mean, that's that's a, the big thing. So and putting the right people in place and Luke Getzey and whoever becomes the quarterbacks coach and. You know, that's going to be the big part in developing him because, I mean, already they're talking about catering this offense to Justin Fields' strengths, which is something, you know, like, never happened with Matt Nagy, obviously. It was pretty clear from that third game, week three, when they just kind of threw Fields out there. Like, I mean, that was just negligence on Nagy's part. Like, oh, my goodness. So, I mean, it'll be nice to kind of see how things unfold. Like, having someone like Eberflus is going to, you know, kind of oversee obviously the whole team and not just kind of be solely focused on the off um, the defense, obviously in his part, it's going to be really nice. Going into this head coach uh, process, we, we both really liked a defensive minded head coach and Brian Flores, right? And the bears really liked him. Yeah. There was reports that Flores was, was, uh, you know, one of their top candidates and this stuff that's going on with the lawsuit and the Belichick text messages. And, you know, that's a podcast for another day, I think, but it's just wild. It's unbelievable. And, and, you know, just like good for Brian Flores for for you know putting it out there, um, the, the racial discrimination there. You know he felt like a really a very real candidate to be the next Bears head coach. It, it felt like there was momentum there, but it does feel like 
Ryan Poles and Flores, they weren't going to quite fit, right? Poles seems like he's the guy. He wants to be the guy that makes decisions. I think Flores would have wanted more power, you know, as a head coach. And I, I just don't yeah. know if I don't know if those two would have fit together. So I think yeah, I'm just wondering, like, what you think about how that worked out? Because for a, a minute there, I thought Flores was going to be the Bears guy. Yeah, and like, like you mentioned, I think that had to do with the GM, right? Yeah, and so obviously they wanted polls and they, they wanted the GM in place first. And, you know, they, you know, didn't really know going into it until they interviewed polls. And it was unanimous, as McCaskey said, that all five of them, and it's ultimately McCaskey's decision. And he really, really wanted polls as the GM. So at that point, then it's, you know, okay, so who are some of your head coaching candidates? like on your list and, you know, uh, and Paul said that all three, Iberflus, uh, Jim Caldwell and Dan Quinn were all on his list. So it really wasn't a coincidence that they were all uh, obviously, you know, those finalists. So, yeah. I mean, I found that really interesting. So, um, I mean, like you said, like with Brian Flores, you know, good for him sticking up for, for that. Cause this whole thing, it's just insane. The fact that there's you know, one black head coach in the national football league. And it is so I really sad, like that. It? It's crazy. It's only Mike it, Tomlin. It really is. Only Mike Tomlin. I mean, only Mike Tomlin who, Oh my gosh, like this, it's crazy at this point. And I mean, good for him for doing it. The first day of black history month too was really significant like that. I yep. love that. Yep. And then you look at, you know, with the bears, like I loved going back to the, the GM and head coaching search that George McCaskey like made it like he had brought in Tanisha Wade, who works with the diversity program within the franchise. Like they really wanted that. They wanted that to be a focus, like the diversity and inclusion was a big focus for him in this search. And I really appreciated that about this organization. And, you know, it shouldn't be underestimated that Ryan Poles is the first black GM in Bears history. And that's really important. It should be spoken about and like sure. there should be a big yep. deal. Yep. It's really big for this franchise. And I really love that. Yep, it's a good direction for the franchise, no doubt. But the the league has a long way to go, uh, yeah. and I think until we get some minority ownership, uh, th- this problem is going to persist. And you can put the end racism stickers on the helmets if you want. It doesn't really do much. Uh, but again, we've only known Ryan Poles for a week, Alyssa. I don't I don't see him being a passenger with personnel decisions or any decisions whatsoever right now. I just don't I don't see nope. him, uh, you know, <laughs> collaborating with the head coach and letting the head coach have the final say on everything. Nope, not with this guy. So if Ryan Poles, yeah, that wasn't guy, gonna work. it wasn't going to yeah, jive. It, wasn't gonna it work. was not going to jive. So. All right. We're back at it. I'm exhausted from this podcast. There's so much to cover in such short period of time, Alyssa. So we're gonna have to get back and. And kind of recap what's going on with the new coordinators and all that, I think, uh, you know, coming up here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, I can't believe, like, I was just looking at the calendar. It's almost a month until free agency starts, like a yeah. month and a half. And yeah. I'm like, it's oh, be my March, gosh. Like, before we know it. It's crazy. I had to, I had to start doing plans for this. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Draft like, prep. I forgot that this search took up three weeks. I, like, yeah, I know we don't, oh we don't pick in the first round, but you still got to do your draft prep this year, you know? Uh, plenty of draft <laughs> prep. I mean, hey, there is, there is never an offseason in the NFL, even though we call it the offseason. So. Nah, it just feels, it feels very busy these last few weeks. <laughs> this is supposed to be our, like, yeah. downtime. Time, <laughs> not not and so much. We still much. have another two weeks. Yeah, we another two weeks. <laughs> yeah, not so much. But uh, great to be back with you doing uh, podcasts and to our listeners. We appreciate and love you. Thanks for uh, hanging on this long. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't yet. For Alyssa Barbieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you next time. And always, bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store.
Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.